You know Ecclesiastes' famous phrase, Ein chadash tachet hashemesh, there is nothing new under the sun. A phrase Peter Allen revived as everything old is new again. I was thinking, Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, published in 1816, exemplified this when, with the release of something I never thought would come out, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, her old text became again a New York Times bestseller. As one of my favorite authors, I wonder if Austen would be amazed by the continued timelessness of her work. And I mention her because this week's Torah portion, Pinchas, well, it has an astounding section that relates directly to that masterpiece. And both her text and the text of the Torah, well, I find them connected to the tensions reverberating between the Israeli and American Jewry today. Perhaps everything old is new again. Any Pride fans out here? Well, and the underlying tension of the novel is that the Bennett daughters are entailed from inheriting their father's estate. And this means that because of the decision of an ancestor, these particular women would not be able to inherit their family property. Only the sons would be able to do so, and in this case, there are none. Austin was clearly critiquing a British practice that controlled women, a practice that was volitional. Someone had to consciously choose to oppress the women in their family by denying them such property rights. For in the same text, she also shows other families where females were able to inherit. Her book presages the impending Victorian notion that Women may be too delicate to worry about trifles like money or property, but should focus on being dainty, angelic objects. Boy, am I trouble when I get home. <laughs> According to Catherine Hughes in an article entitled On Gender and Sexuality and Austin. Well, our Torah portion, Pinchas, jumps out with a momentary challenge to the subordination of women in the biblical tradition. Some of us understand Torah, Nevi'im and Ketuvim, the prophets and writings to follow, to be a multi-voiced document. And some of those voices encourage female power and rights, while others in the same family discourage them. As a Jewish feminist, I am transfixed by the places where the Torah speaks in this supportive way. For in the midst of Pinchas, while taking a census that will divide up the land of Israel amongst the tribes and then subdivide them amongst families as they prepare to enter Canaan, these women, their names are mentioned directly in the Torah they're also called Benot Zelophehad, the daughters of Zelophehad. They come forward and speak out and state that this is an unjust system. For their family will not get a portion of the land because their deceased father had no sons. Give us a holding, they demand. Give us that holding. 
we should be able to inherit. And their plea, if you think about it, is astounding because they're directly challenging a system that had just been created by God who's supposed to be infallible. But they speak up. And Moses brings in some way their issue forward and returns and says that God has concluded that the, re the request of the daughters of Zelophehad is just. In a text so much older than pride and prejudice, we hear the Torah writer proclaim that women challenges can and should be heard and the conclusion that women should inherit if there are no sons. You may not realize it that the ketubah that comes later, the marriage document in its day was also a progressive attempt to allow women to hold onto property after the loss of a spouse or the breakup of the marriage. It was a prenup that favored women. Jewish tradition is manifold. And so at different times and in different communities, there are varied responses about these rights. Now, I would think that Austin would assume that 200 years later, the status of inheritance would change in England and be more egalitarian, and it has. Well, she also may have anticipated, because she was wise. Despite change, there would still be in cultures an ongoing desire to control women, their bodies, their bank accounts, even in countries that claim to be progressive and democratic and modern. Because everything old is new again, and one must always be prepared to stand up against those old forces of oppression. Think of our own country and the recent attempts to defund Planned Parenthood, to disallow clinics to even perform abortions, to even prevent, I've heard now, how women might dress in the houses of Congress. We know in this city to surreptitiously deny equal pay for equal work. It shows us how much further we have to go as a society to defend women's rights, all our rights, but their rights to control their bodies and their economic destiny. Anu, in the state of Israel this past month, the debate about the women at the wall is being presented by us as well as a primary concern of reform and conservative Jews to have an egalitarian space at that essential site, holy to all expressions of Judaism, something that we will engage about in detail this year as we work harder in the synagogue, as we've not worked hard enough to challenge the stranglehold of the rabbinate on Jewish expression in that progressive democratic society. Well, that struggle it's also a struggle for women's rights there in which men, traditional men, going against what they know is the halakhic allowance for women to have their own prayer and study groups if there are no men present near them, still want to prevent women from having their own spiritual connection because they don't want to hear kol isha, the voice of women in prayer, when they're a prayer in prayer and these extremists among these Jews in Israel, they also want to put women at the back of the bus. 
They want to make sidewalks that are men and women only. And guess what? The men's sidewalks are bigger. What a surprise. On the Israeli National Airline, they want to keep women from sitting next to them on the flights. El Al protested this, the, the, uh, uh, the justices' call to change that. El Al protested that. And none of this behavior has ever been normative in Jewish tradition. The rabbis of old walked next to their wives and their daughters. Well, you know, I'm feeling literary tonight. <laughs> I'm just finishing Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale. Everything old is new again. Not always in the best way. And we know that if we don't speak out against this kind of behavior, if we don't in this political age stand up for groups like Planned Parenthood and Women of the Wall, if we don't honor the memory of women like Jewish feminist icon Sheila Babs Michaels who died this past week, what was she famous for? For popularizing the, the title Ms then we will let the forces of oppression succeed. But think about Benot Zalofahad. Think about this ancient Torah section. These women remind us that women speaking out makes a difference. And this tradition, well, it also has a light, a feminist perspective that shines through it, next to the patriarchal images. Let us be inspired by that light and let us work even harder to keep building a better, more progressive, more democratic world. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.